0: Welcome to Eczema Breakthroughs, brought to you by Global Parents for Eczema Research, or Cheaper. This show features conversations between parents of children with eczema and the world's leading scientists and researchers who study eczema. Learn more about Cheaper and subscribe to the
1: Eczema Breakthrough Podcast at ParentsforEczema Research.org. For this podcast, we speak to two researchers studying immunotherapy for eczema. We'll start by explaining immunotherapy. And then we'll speak to a researcher in Brazil about an exciting study that they completed last year. Then we will circle back to get an overview of how immunotherapy could work for your child. But now I shall hand over to the founder of Global Parents for Eczema Research, Corey Capoza.
2: Welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today, Dr. Derek Chu, who is a clinician scientist at McMaster University in Ontario, Canada. He has a research focus on using the best evidence and patient partnership to achieve optimal outcomes in allergy care, including eczema care. He co chairs the upcoming Quad AI and ACAAI atopic dermatitis guidelines, and at McMaster directs the Challenge Clinic for Allergy Diagnosis, Research, and Treatment. And also, Dr. Chu is a frequent collaborator with our organization, JEEPER, and has been a real champion of including patients and parents in guideline development as well as in all aspects of care. So I'm really excited to welcome you to the podcast today. Thanks so
0: much. Really looking forward to this.
2: Our second guest today is Dr. Sarah Langer. She is an allergist and pediatric immunologist at the University of Sao Paulo in Brazil. And today she'll be talking about her recently published study showing that house dust mite immunotherapy can improve eczema symptoms. So Dr. Langer, welcome to the podcast as well.
1: Thank you so much for the invitation.
2: So we're excited to kick off this podcast today and dig into some of the research that's been recently published on this topic. And as a parent, I thought it was really interesting because I think I had only really heard about immunotherapy as a treatment for allergies and not so much for eczema. I think often this approach is not something maybe parents hear about unless they're visiting an allergist who has this in their toolkit. So I wondered if you could talk a little bit about immunotherapy first, like what is it and how could it be used in the treatment for eczema?
0: Yeah, that's great. I'm very happy to. So I guess the first bit is that when we think about allergy, it means that there is something very specific in the environment that you will react to every time. Allergen immunotherapy is the thought that we can use very controlled small doses of the same substance that would otherwise cause that allergic reaction So essentially there are parts of your body that cause inflammation and there are other immune cells that help reduce inflammation. They naturally do that. And by doing immunotherapy, we are boosting those cells that calm inflammation down and say, hey, look, actually that dust mite that's there, maybe you don't need to be so vigorous against it. And by doing that, they can calm down the surrounding inflammation that's going on, reduce the irritation to the other cells that are neighboring it and not cause so much profound itch, skin changes, et cetera.
2: Yeah, it reminds me in a way of like, I remember training a puppy that would become overly alarmed by other dogs and just sort of introducing it to interact with dogs more often until it would calm down. So like getting accustomed, I guess. Yes, to that. exactly. Yeah, to that factor so it's not overreacting when it sees it in a way.
0: Exactly. In this controlled, slow way, using it repeatedly, that it would actually train the immune system to be less allergic, perhaps even to have some kind of long lasting change in the way that the immune system behaves to make you far less allergic, maybe don't even react to it when you're around that substance. Basically, we give them in controlled small amounts by injection. Normally, that has been about weekly to start and then after a certain amount of time, usually a few months, we then switch to once a month. The alternative route a little bit newer has been something called sublingual immunotherapy, which means drops or tablets placed underneath the tongue, and they dissolve or they can be swallowed after. And that is done once a day for a number of months before it reaches effect, and then less frequent if it's working. So it's very well established in things like environmental allergies or hay fever, also an asthma that they can improve both those outcomes. But the big question was, before our study, is does it actually make a difference in atopic dermatitis or eczema?
2: Fantastic summary. Thank you for that. So, Dr. Langer, I wanted to uh, pose a question to you. We know that dust mites are one of the most important and common airborne allergens that can trigger eczema. And you did an interesting study looking at immunotherapy for house dust mite allergy. And I think the challenge is that house dust mites are literally everywhere. So you can't really remove the trigger from a child's environment completely. And the question is then, like, what can you do to train the immune system so that it's not overreacting to dust mite all the time? So Could you talk a little bit about how you got this
1: idea for this study? Some doctors started using immunotherapy for eczema, and they start seeing very good results.
2: So you were hearing from other doctors that this could be a treatment for eczema, basically. And then you did the study, and it was a randomized placebo-controlled trial. This was an immunotherapy that was oral, so it was taken by mouth. But explain how it worked
1: a little bit. So using the DROP system, we have progressive concentrations. So we started with the extract very diluted so the patient started using one drop and goes up the concentration like that for five months to eight drops and stayed there using eight drops three days in a week. And the total time of treatment were 18 months. 18 months is a very long time for immunotherapy So after eighteen months, we saw that patients decreased the scores correct that evaluates levels of eczema, and we had the decrease of the levels of these patients from the baseline to the end of the study. When we saw the numbers, we were very happy we had some kind of placebo effect, but we saw that in the treatment group, the decrease was more important and also statistics significant. We also saw that another score that's very important, the investigator global evaluations. And our patients in the group of immunotherapy reached zero and one in a statistic mode in comparison to the placebo group. So this is a very important result.
2: So basically on both of these measures of eczema severity, which are measured by the doctor, you saw a decrease from the beginning of the study to the 18 month mark. So given these findings, how do you think this type of immunotherapy fits into eczema
1: treatment in Brazil? Most of our patients were very poor. So here in Brazil, we don't have any kind of medication for them in the public service. And when we speak to them, they have to pay for moisturizers that here the price is like a cosmetic. And also with the Pilumab here, we don't have so easy access. I think it will be nice to have a treatment that we are able to give to our patients because many treatments for AD are not a reality in Brazil, even the moisturizers and the cleansers they're very expensive. So if we could do something that could get AD lesions better, and the patients could focus on using good moisturizers, but didn't have to spend their money in corticosteroids and immunosuppressants, that would be great.
2: Yeah, you make a really good point that this could be a low-cost treatment that could benefit a lot of people, especially in the developing world, where there just isn't access to some of these newer generation treatments. I was curious, a lot of people, in addition to having a sensitivity to death mites also react to toxins produced by staph bacteria. And we know staph bacteria is an issue for people with eczema. It's over-present on the skin and can possibly also trigger or exacerbate eczema symptoms. So could you talk about if immunotherapy could be used to train the immune system not to overreact so much to
1: staph aureus toxin? So we study the sensitization to Staphylococcus, and saw some very interesting changes after immunotherapy. So the labs are starting to produce immunotherapy for bacteria. And this is a point of controversial thoughts, if it's going to work, if it's not, if we should use, if not. And maybe we could try Yeah, I think
2: that's kind of an exciting area because part of what it seems is going on is in a subset of patients that have an overreactive response to staph or staph aureus toxin, that seems to be what sort of pushes them towards more severe disease or eczema. And if we could figure out how to head that off, that could be really important for these kids and prevent more severe disease. Dr. Chu, I want to circle back to you and ask what you found in this big systematic review that you did about immunotherapy for eczema and what lessons we can take away from it for patient care and especially for parents.
0: So we reviewed about 23 randomized trials, about 2,000 different participants assigned randomly to immunotherapy or a corresponding standard of care. This is all added on top of very good skincare already, you know, your moisturization, avoiding irritants, otherwise, and bathing routines, as well as topical treatments. So, if you're put on to immunotherapy, normally the effect takes about two three months to start to kick in, which is the normal expected range to do that. A customization or training, and in those that were on standard care alone, about 26% of them reduced their eczema severity in half. In contrast, if they were on immunotherapy about 40% reduced their eczema severity in half. The eczema severity is things like redness, itching, sleep disturbance, as well as what the clinician might say about how the appearance is. We also saw improvements not only in the eczema severity itself, but also we saw improvements in quality of life. So there with standard care alone, about 40% got better in terms of their quality of life. And that went up to about 56% in those with allergen immunotherapy there were downsides and the downsides were as expected. So normally very mild and very well tolerated treatments with subcutaneous immunotherapy, because you're getting a little bit of what you're allergic to, you get usually a little bit of redness, or a small hive in the arm that you get it injected in, it tends to be mild and goes away by itself that happened in about, you know, two thirds of individuals but it can often be mitigated by taking say an antihistamine before the injection. If you did sublingual immunotherapy, very common with the first few doses, you get a little bit of itchy mouth for a few minutes and then it goes away by itself and usually getting this itchy mouth goes away with time. So, after say a week or two on it, many people typically report that they don't even get itchy mouth anymore. Any serious reactions were exceptionally rare. So, in the sublingual immunotherapy tends to be almost none, like less than 1%, whereas With the subcutaneous immunotherapy, you do have to be careful because sometimes people can get a systemic reaction. If you get too much or the wrong dose or things like that, you have to be cautious that you're not sick at the time of getting your injection, that you have to go to the clinic to get an injection, that kind of stuff. And there we saw that at least cumulatively, about 10% stopped subcutaneous treatment, whereas very few, less than 1% stopped sublingual treatment.
2: So it sounds like sublingual has some real advantages here. Plus there's no shot that, you know, kids have to deal right. with, which is really distressing. That's, right. to them. That's really great information.
0: One of the main benefits of this could be that if someone has eczema and other allergies, which commonly go together, you could address more than one problem at the same time, maybe address both their hay fever, potentially their asthma and their eczema simultaneously doing this approach.
2: Yeah. And. You know, we primarily advocate on behalf of kids with moderate to severe eczema, and in that group, it's like thirty to fifty percent also have food allergies. So that's a really good point. So, what is going on in the immune system when you give these therapies? Like, how is it helping the immune system to calm down or to readjust in some way? Yeah,
0: I think that this is such a great question because I think this goes back to what I was saying before about how there was a shift between how much of eczema is due to the body reacting to say, you know, loss of moisture, the actual intrinsic properties of inflammation. That is, is it purely by itself or are there irritants or external factors like allergens that can actually help trigger it? And the study that we've done seems to suggest that when the body interacts with things that it's allergic to, it can promote eczema.
2: We just heard that dust mites are a huge issue for people with atopic dermatitis or eczema it's a common trigger when there's a lot that people do to mitigate exposure to dust mites. Can you talk about like what allergens we would be, you know, looking to do this for? Like, are there specific ones that are specific to eczema that are particularly important?
0: So the best study one in all the trials were dust mites. However, uh, they did also study in fewer trials, things like pollens, which would typically be expected to have more of a seasonal component to it. So if people find that they have a very strong seasonal component and can also think about other factors, you know, humidity, temperature, all those kinds of things, there are open questions now about who would be the best person and to what allergens would be the best treatments for those with eczema. And those are things that we need to answer for the future as well. And so hopefully You know with enough encouragement and interest we can conduct new randomized trials to to really optimize this therapy
2: absolutely and i think that's one of the things that kind of drives a parent a little bit nuts about eczema sometimes it's like when you go to get help for it oftentimes we're given a treatment but what we really want to know is what's causing it why you know what what is triggering this and that's the hard part that we still can't get to it seems like so i appreciate that
0: and it seems like it's a bit about how the skin is built and some of the ongoing inflammation there, the immune dysregulation, but also a bit about some of these external factors, allergens in the environment. And I think, yeah, it's one thing that we really need to sort out and provide clarity for our patients.
2: Yeah, were the effects lasting? Do we know how long you get a benefit?
0: Yeah. So most these studies were between months to about a year. But your point is exactly right. One of the weakest parts of the studies that have been reported so far has been about how they do in terms of long-term control, how they do in terms of, you know, multi-year treatment. Because in the hay fever and asthma space, we know, or at least we have a very strong data that suggests that if you do this for multiple years, you can actually have a long-lasting benefit. You could say stop your treatments and it still work. It still have changed kind of the course of the, the allergy. But we don't know that for eczema yet. And that's a big open question we need to answer in the the future, including for other outcomes like flares or exacerbations of eczema. So those are some big gaps that I think, hopefully with this review and, you know, sufficient interest and funding and so on, we can get a very important trial off the ground.
2: Yeah, it seems like from this review, and I hope that it's read kind of far and wide that this should absolutely be in the toolkit and in the arsenal of treatment for people with eczema, kids with eczema, given the added benefit to eczema control. We don't know yet, it sounds like, if this is really a standalone treatment that could work instead of, say, topical steroids, it sounds like. It's really something that's done in concert with an eczema skincare program. But based on your review, it does seem like it confers a benefit that's sizable and could really improve things for quite a few patients. Would you say that's correct?
0: Yeah, absolutely, and you'll see very shortly our upcoming guidelines that explicitly address the recommendations around this, who should get it, whether or not it's the right fit for them, and as well, some of the conditions to consider around that. So those guidelines with the quadruple AI and the American College, ACAAI will be coming out very soon. And I think, kind of as you were alluding to, one of the main messages of this is that optimal care might be multidisciplinary care. It's too frequent that we hear the story go to the allergist and they say, oh, that's skin. Like, I have nothing to do with that. And you go to the dermatologist and they say, oh, it's just skin. And it's not allergy at all. And then you go to the right person. They say, actually, it's a bit of both. So I hope it stirs the conversation and reframes how we think about optimal AD care.
2: Yes. And, you know, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And hopefully we can start to (laughs) cross-pollinate across disciplines. So some of these strategies are used by both disciplines, and I think parents and patients can play that role too by bringing some of this information to their various providers. What an interesting discussion we've had today, and I want to thank you both for joining us and sharing your experience from Brazil and from Canada. I think this is a very interesting line of research that will hopefully lead to a new add-on therapy for kids with eczema. Thank you again for being part of the Eczema Breakthroughs podcast.
0: Thanks so much. I really, really appreciate it. It's always a pleasure and fun. So looking forward to chatting again soon.
1: Okay. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. And it's very cool to see parents that are really looking for science. Take care, everybody.
0: You've been listening to the Eczema Breakthrough Podcast. To learn more and join Global Parents for Eczema Research, or to subscribe to this podcast, please visit us at parentsforeczemaresearch.org. And if you enjoy our podcast, consider supporting it with a tax-deductible donation through our website. We depend on listeners like you to keep producing high-quality, science-based episodes. Thank you, and we'll see you next time on the Eczema Breakthrough
1: Podcast.